Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 13 and preview of round 14. This episode is brought to you by the Helping Hands Foundation, a division of the Advocates for Instant Replay. Uh, no, no, sorry. Uh, this episode is actually brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the fantastic Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, and I've managed to wake up uh, a couple of our regular MSFI co-hosts uh, from their Copa America slumber. So joining me tonight, we have Jason Wiskovich and Mr. Guy Sanchez. What's up, fellas? Hello, friends. What's going on? So I don't know if you guys were able to listen to our special episode that we had last week during the Copa America break. It was with Fantasy Football 24-7, and Guy and Jason were also available for that episode. And I think it was a pretty good time. What do, what do you guys think about that? Oh, yeah. I, I, <clears throat> I had a great time with that show. Oh, it was fantastic. Great guys. Good talk. Uh, I mean, minus his Walmart, or his, uh, I should say his uh, McDonald's internet connection. Um, <laughs> still good, though. It's fun. It's it's interesting just to see some different takes on some of the tactics and some of the things that are still the same. And that when it all comes down to it, just some good old fashioned dumb luck helping people get through their fantasy experience. Uh, but if you guys haven't heard that show, then if you want to take a step back through your RSS feed or go back to SoundCloud and, and take a look back at our episode 18 with Fantasy Football 24-7, it's, it's pretty fun. It's a nice little show. But enough about that. Let's talk about the important stuff. Our review of round 13. Guys, how did your teams do all that long time ago? Oh, my God. Go ahead. Go first, Jay. I got to look mine up. I don't remember the hell the hell I did. Yeah, round, round 13. Um, it, it was it was all right. I mean, I feel like it was literally like two years ago. Um and I'm trying to stall right now because my computer is lagging and it's still in the thinking process. I had it up. Okay, so yeah, the average was 32. I got 36 <laughs> because Rosenberry sucked. McNamara didn't play. Dia didn't play. I captained Dos Santos. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a good week for me, I guess. Always remember 36. Um, no, 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 no. No, no, no. It doesn't apply if it's not a double game week. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I got 56 points. Um, Captain Valeri, uh, you know, Stevie G uh, with his, I don't know what he pulled, his hamstring or whatever he did, um, messed me up. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was overall went up a couple spots. Now I'm up to 47 overall. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I ended up with 51 points, so very close with you, Jason. Very pleased to be over the average points due to um, just the really crappy selection of teams that this was. I, I feel like that some of the home teams weren't awesome because players were already starting to leave. So Copa America definitely factored big into this one. So I'm there are obviously a lot of low scores this round. So don't feel bad if you're in in that 30, 40s or 50 range. It's it's just the way it is sometimes. Uh, I was also bitten by the McNamara zero and by the Gerard zero, which really bummed me out because I was really hoping that Gerard was going to have a great game against struggling sport in Kansas City and with some of the L.A. stars not uh, being available. 
I don't know if it would have turned out that way since that ended up in a zero zero draw. I'm not sure. Perhaps um, he would have only come away with a couple more points anyway. But the McNamara one, what really irritated me. Fortunately, I did Captain Valeri, so I came away with those points. And I think happiest of all is Steris getting his yellow because that means he's going to miss next game week. But that's cool because I've got plenty of defenders on my bench that I can swap out, and he should be back available for their double game week that LA has coming up. So excellent, excellent so is, timing. Is he, though? Is he going to miss? Because I saw on on the actual – you know, he had four yellow cards, but it was ne- on the disco. It was never on that he was on yellow card accumulation warning. Well, I think we have some choice things we can say about the accuracy of some of the reporting this season. But from my understanding, and maybe you all can correct me, and I haven't looked up into it yet because I just assume this is what it was. That was his fifth yellow. Uh, correct. And, and, and he should miss his next game. Is that is that not how you guys take that? I agree. So maybe it's just not updated yet. I'll be super bummed if if apparently LA has a new rule that their players get six yellow cards before they go on suspension. But at the same time, I wouldn't necessarily put that past Garber. But so that being said, do you guys have any unexpected moments that you would like to highlight from round 13? I know I have one. Uh, there's a bunch. I mean, uh, Seattle winning 2-0. No, just, just leave it right there. Winning. Yes, that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, and then uh, I think um, LA drawing with uh, SKC in LA. Um, I was pretty surprised at that as well. And then too, you know, Columbus scoring two goals, and I mean, Kamara's been on fire, so pretty awesome. I didn't have any unexpected moments. I think it was pretty par for the course for this MLS season. Oh, I have to say, Alonzo, his his just explosion. I got into a little discussion uh, on on MLS Soccer's forums, and someone was just pointing out that Alonzo's been very steady, which he has, and that's great. But steady, I feel, is excellent, as maybe you can help support this guy for a draft league. Those those guys, you really want that high floor to help you consistently week to week. But when you're doing the season-long game, it's nice to have that guy who, while he may have some consistency to him, has the ability to have a higher ceiling. And that's not Alonzo, except for maybe two or maybe three games in a season will he do fantastic. And unfortunately, I was big on the Gerard train, and Alonzo tore it up in in round 38. Um, he ended up with, well, I think, that... 12 points on yeah. his own. Yeah. First your uh first your uh New York City FC player picks and then don't pick Alonzo. Man, you're on fire, Reed. I I didn't I never said don't pick Alonzo. He was just not amongst my picks. But I think that you could say that about anybody. I mean, anybody who's on a, a starting eleven in the MLS should have two or three big weeks, right? Right? Definitely Chara on your fantasy team because he might have a big week in one or two of these weeks this year. No, not picking Alonzo. I mean, maybe it's because I hate Seattle so much, but screw that. Well, well, let's take away the Seattle element. When you're looking for a player, are you wanting a guy who's going to give you a consistent five points? Or are you looking for a guy that has that more than just a couple of games chance of giving you a 10 point or 11 point game? 
Well, with the new pricing structure, I'm sorry, the new pricing, uh, not the new pricing, I apologize, uh, the new uh, point structure, Alonzo and Dax were two of the guys that for their price, we all thought that they would be getting, you know, having a much higher floor and then even a higher ceiling because of all of the BPs. But so far that hasn't been the case. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that or not. Okay. I mean, I I don't I don't look at. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess giving a a really low price. I mean, you might look at a five point steady return as something great, but when uh, you're starting eleven now, you're not aiming for five points on for anybody. You're hoping for something more than that. I agree. Well I think that's that's a good, very, very well stated. Uh, so finally, before, unless you guys have anything else you want to say about round 13, are there any fantasy lessons that you feel uh, everyone who's listening can take away? I, I think just one I'll throw out right now is this is how it works when tournaments come, that don't overreact to some of these crazy scores and fluctuating low points. This is This is just how it works when big tournaments come. Yep, always have bench depth and uh, don't get – players that are over 30 because they're going to pull a hamstring during warm-ups. I'm looking at you, Stevie G. <laughs> that's, that's the two stats I think we need to start integrating in into the show and into to Reddit on the site. We need to have uh, uh, age over 30 for, for their, their return and injury probability and then also some referee statistics with, with yellow cards and, and cautions <laughs> given. That, that, might, that might work. Uh, calls blown. Can that be a stat that we get into the MLS? Okay. Before no, I, was, we get, I was seeing though, but no, no, real quick. I was seeing that there's somebody said that ESPN was tracking the pregame three point percentage of NBA players pregame. <laughs> so we need somebody to do the like myself. I've already got the kickoff time. I took that. I'm going to delegate somebody this to Mike. Take, Mike yeah, like somebody like a Mike character to go ahead and be like, how many guys hurt themselves warming up and if they have you know <laughs> above a 10 percent mark over the year you just never draft that guy <laughs> exactly that, that could work that could work uh, okay before we get into our, our housekeeping and, and our picks i want to give you guys a few minutes to just talk about copa america maybe do some venting maybe do some celebrating uh, in particular there are two things that i at least want to touch on the first one, and I think everyone's going to know what this is, the handball. What do you guys think of just about that situation? I, I don't care if you agree or not. Of course, you're welcome to say that uh, because it happened. But just what do you think about this that whole fiasco? Dude, that dude took it back to sixth grade tetherball. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, he just – it wasn't. It didn't even hit his leg. He just punched the ball to the back of the net – and you know what? If it's if it shows how bad officiating is in this hemisphere, I'm all for it. If it takes something that egregious to just go ahead and be like, we need to fix this, then it did its job. I, I think it's and the announcers easily made this connection as well, but I, I think it has to become the second greatest handball of all time. Mano de Dios, now la mano de adios. Oh. Well, because I hate Diego Maradona's, uh, you know, right. hand, uh, hand, yeah, in 1986, and now this is uh, the most infamous handball. Exactly. So I guess the soccer gods just wanted to do it again to knock uh, Brazil out. So I have to say, if memory serves, there was also a handball 
maybe committed by Henri, but that got France into the World Cup and knocked out the Republic of Ireland. I think that was pretty infamous as well, uh, if if I'm correct. I may be remembering that that wrong. But this, I think this one, just like you said, Guy, it's just so obvious, especially when you're looking at the replays. It's just so obvious. But I have to say, I think one of my, my favorite tweets about this came from Ben Jada, who said, don't feel bad for Brazil. Yes, it was a handball, but Peru also was denied a clear PK and Ecuador disallowed a goal too. He says, sayonara, play better. And when I read that, I think that was the first time I even put it in that perspective of if, if you are a international soccer powerhouse or even if your B team or your C team is considered still skilled enough to be an international soccer powerhouse – these 1-0 games, these little controversies with officiating shouldn't be what's deciding your game. It's just straight up, if you're a powerhouse, play better. Play like it. Score more goals. And I like that. And especially the fact, too, that Brazil's you know B team is better than most. You know, I mean, I'd say probably maybe besides Mexico, uh, their B team is better than everybody's starting eleven. And it's pretty sad that, you know, Brazil can't beat Peru, who hasn't beaten them in 30 years. But, hey, you know what? I'm excited. USA, we're on to the quarterfinals. DeAndre Yedlin, you're an idiot. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, the first, the first foul shouldn't have been – I mean, I could say – I could see it being a foul, um, but not yellow card worthy. And then the second, like 30 seconds later, you're an idiot. Like, come on, man. You don't make that second tackle. You just don't do that. Exactly. But hey, Zardes actually had a good touch. I'm surprised. Hey, good job, Giassi. Yeah. Well, this is what happens when you start starting. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Funny. Funny how those things work. All right. Hold on one sec. Hold on. Like, I feel like at this moment I need to pull out a chair because this is going to be good. I know. I'm, I'm kind of curious to know what's going on. Actually, he may have just like gotten up to, to like go to the bathroom or something real quick, and and it's just a total letdown. Maybe he had a uh, too many of those uh, Taco Bell crunchies. Too many oh. pimen tacos. Pimen tacos. Pimen tacos is a pimen taco in your glove box. All right, uh, so that happened. That did happen. Um, so yes, USA winning Group A. The second point I definitely want to touch on with Colombia predicted, I, I believe, going in as the favorite. And I think most people were saying they didn't even expect us to exit the group stage. And we come out on top. Fantastic. Fantastic. The the guys, I I think, really rebounded after that first game. What do you all think? I am so disappointed we won the group. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to get rid of Klinsman. So badly. Okay, so here's the thing. I mean, I saw a lot of guys who came out of the woodwork to be like, oh, look at Klinsman's game management in that third game. Oh, everybody was doubting him, and he won the group. Any group stage is winnable just on some – I mean, look at how Brazil got – I mean, there's so many things that can happen in group stage. But do we actually think that not playing B and Pulisic and playing the old man and the relegated goalkeeper – is going to be a winning strategy. I mean, do we really yeah. think this group is going to win a World Cup? Not for a moment. Why for can't a Americans no be? Why can't we 
be just as greedy about the performance of our national team and expectations as the rest of the world. We keep selling ourselves short. Any other major country in, in, in football would have fired three coaches by now until they found <laughs> one that could actually win something. I mean, look at Mexico went through coaches left and right. They were like, you got met. I mean, yeah, you won a game. Congratulations. You're not winning enough. Get out of here. Yep. I mean, I like Jermaine Jones on Colorado because he fits that little mold. But come on. Come on. <laughs> I, I mean, this this team, I mean, what you, you feel good clapping yourself on the back, you know, all you Klinsman supporters. Because you're not going to win anything with this guy. You're not going to win anything that really matters. We're going to we're going to go do, take down Argentina. We're going to go take down Colombia. Here, we are not anywhere near the the level of some of these major clubs out there in the world. And we're celebrating some meaningless group stage. I I wish American fans would be more greedy about what our expectations really are. Guy, I could listen to you rant for days. I could as well, but I can can we at least agree that we can be happy for our national team advancing in a tournament without celebrating Klinsman? No. Can can we not do both? Like can I not say I would be totally fine if Klinsman was gone the next day, but I'm happy to see our team advance. But it's not it's not our team. That's the thing. That team isn't going to be the 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 2018 team. I mean, I if we, if we well, still well, have, I mean, this is our team now. That's what we got in not, Copa America. But no, but see, that's that's how we think, though, because really everybody else is all about. We want to be the World Cup team. We want to get this done. This team isn't even good enough to win the cup. I mean, we're not going to win it. We're not going to win it. And if we do, it's because there was some shady gambling going on behind the scenes, and the refs <laughs> tilted it that way. <clears throat> but. We have so much talent, and we're not bringing it through. I can't believe that Beckerman was a substitute before Nagby was. I mean, what are we? Well, Beckerman oh, celebrating. Yeah, he that. finally Beckerman he finally started. put the same lineup in three times in a row, and that's the lineup we're going to stick with. Guzan, Jermaine Jones, come on, man! The only thing that you guys should be celebrating is Altador wasn't there to screw it up for you. That's the only <laughs> thing you guys should be celebrating right now. Well, the hate. There's there's the hate that we've come to love. Well, okay. So uh, that I'll bring up something that we talked about uh, before we started our recording because it, it seems to fit here. We're talking about these tournaments and what teams are going to be there. How do you guys rank the importance of the tournaments? Obviously, guy, you seem to to view every tournament besides the World Cup as the the practice and the trial and the warm-ups for the world cup with with that team that's going to be there is that is that fair yeah i mean i i this is a great competition because it does bring in south american players so it, it is definitely a hemisphere kind of a challenge which but it's not it's not the pinnacle so do you rank this one just below the world cup thus deserving the same caliber of a team I would think so. I would think if you're going to play uh, a semi-global tournament two years before the World Cup, you should damn well probably have an idea who that World Cup roster is. And if this is your idea who the World Cup roster is going to be, you're not doing good enough. Get the hell out the way. Jay, what are your thoughts? 
I think the Canadian championship should be the pinnacle <laughs> of um, soccer in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, no, I, I agree. I, I think that now is the time you start to implement your younger guys. Like I like Bobby Wood. Um, you know, I don't know why Jordan Morris isn't there. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know how to say his name. Is it Pul uh, Pulsidic? Pul Pulsidic? How do you say Pulisic. his name? Pulisic. Yeah, I don't know why he like. You know, I mean, I know why he's, he's not starting. Exactly why he's not starting. Um, I think that we need to get our younger guys. I mean, even like you know, Will Trap involved. Uh, I like how we're having Brooks in there. Uh, that guy's a beast. But three on know, one defending. I mean, I mean, Brooks is he, he's just he's a he's a monster. But you know, we have Jermaine Jones and. I mean, even Beckerman and Guzan, and it's like these players are not going to be at the World Cup in two years. We need to start. We need. We need to get the roster now. The young guys, getting them, you know, playing time, uh, getting them to gel with each other, so that hopefully, in two years, that's the roster we're going to bring out, and that's the roster that's comfortable with each other. They know what they're going to do. But if you look at, you know, Argentina and Spain and England, these are players that have been playing with each other for years. We're changing the lineup every week because things aren't working. You know, find a lineup, stick to it. Don't change it up every freaking week. So I'm not going to disagree necessarily with what you guys are saying because I, yes, we should have a more consistent lineup at times unless we're giving some new guys experiences. Yes, we should use tournaments as as experience for our team to learn how to play together. I'm I'm not going to disagree with those. What I'm going to separate from you guys at some is having the World Cup be the focus. Because I don't think that if we had all those guys that you just mentioned and had them ready to go right now, that they would win the World Cup in two years. What what I value, obviously the World Cup is the highest tournament. For me, I put the Gold Cup right underneath that because I want to see us become the best CONCACAF team. That's what I want to see. I want to see consistently beating out Costa Rica and Mexico and Jamaica and all those people that are going to give us that have given us problems in the past. And and that's where I want us to focus first because we're not going to win the World Cup anytime soon. But we might maybe in my lifetime consistently, not just rotating back and forth. And and to that I, I even put this one Copa America below because yes, there's there's value in playing these excellent South American teams, but I want to be the best team in our region first and not necessarily our hemisphere. So I think it's just a different focus for me. But that was fun. A little bit of Copa America talk. Uh, we'd love to hear what you guys think about what tournaments you think are most important or if you think that uh, the old men need to just be put out to pasture and bring in all the young blood so we can get that practice so send us some tweets send me some hate mail whatever you want to do uh mls fantasy boss at gmail.com or at mls fantasy insider twitter account which is at MLSFI. uh let us know what you think and uh, be team guy or or team j or team reed is that where we're gonna go this time sure team team no cleansman Team well, that's, that should be everybody's team. <laughs> team <laughs> okay, well, let's get to our housekeeping. I'm excited to say that for our injury report this week, it is brought to you by at MLS Injury News. So a big special thanks to uh, at, at Mike that Tiger if you want to hit him up on Twitter. So Mike's been gracious enough to work us up a list from what he's been compiling for injuries. And our goal is to make this a regular part of the show where Mike is able to provide us with information to help you all with the latest news at the time of our recording. So 
just so you know, Kamar Lawrence from New York Red Bulls is out for about a month. Marco Papa over at Colorado might be able to return for the Open Cup match coming up on this Tuesday. Uh, so then he may be able to make it back to the regular team when the season gets going again for them. But he's been out for a while, so that might just be some easing. Bobby Burling, also at Colorado, he is going to be out for five weeks with some knee surgery. So that is no bueno for him. Of course, Javinko always one to be talked about. He appeared in the Voyagers Cup, and he played uh, after an early sub in his last MLS match. So keep him on your radar for some more information as we get closer to the start of this next round. Uh, Sapong left his match early, and there's been no further updates with him. So we don't know if that's an injury or if it's just rest or whatever happens up there. Uh, he wasn't doing that great anyway, and we have a question about him later on. So we'll cover that in a second. Uh, Piotti is out for three weeks with hand surgery. That's always a weird one for me, guys. I don't, I don't know what you think. Those just throw a cast on it and get back to it, right? Yeah, you're not. I mean, unless you're Peru, you're not hitting the ball with your hand. So. <laughs> Uh, of course, a couple of weeks ago, we had Kaká, who has had uh, just consistent reports that he will return for Orlando's next MLS match, uh, but will likely miss the Open Cup games. So more resting for him. That'll be nice to have him back. Jerk. Uh, Gerard missed his last match with a hamstring sprain that he picked up during warm-ups. Awesome. So no timeline for him just yet. Those things are probably going to take him out for at least three or four weeks, I would say. Hamstrings are pretty vicious, as we've come to know through our favorite person on the show, Altidore. Uh, Kaleo has missed his last match, but it was just said it was precaution due to leg tightness. So with hope, he will not uh, be out with a hamstring injury. But if you are ready to divest into some budget defenders anyway, now is a good excuse to drop him. So that's all that Mike's given us for right now. Additional players, of course, will be filtering back in from their clubs are eliminated from Copa America. And so we'll see how the rest of that goes as they come back. Keep following. And if you are not already, follow at MLS Injury News on Twitter. And that's where Mike does the posting of all the research he's able to find out for the injury reports that he collects from everything. So moving on, that's the injury reports. Uh, we touched a little bit earlier about Steres with his yellow card. At this point, I am not even going to venture guessing on who is on caution reports because I don't know what's been updated and what's not been updated reliably with the MLS site. So just check back a little bit closer to the game date, maybe on Thursday. It, it does tend to get a little once over as we get closer to the games. But some players are right there on the cusp of getting a fifth yellow card and missing out on some games. So keep an eye on those, especially with a couple of double games coming up in the next few weeks. Other than that, uh, Patreon is still going strong. Thank you so much for everyone who has contributed to our Patreon account. Uh, I do have an update on stickers. I forgot to post the, the approved draft of the sticker. And so I will be putting that on Patreon for all to see what we're ordering. It's a three by three sticker with our MLS fantasy insider podcast logo, the updated logo. If you guys have not seen that yet with a nice little podcast image on it, and we dropped the new because I think you guys realize who we are now we're, we rebooted it. So it's just says MLS fantasy insider. That's who we are. And that's what you're getting. And I'm excited about it because I think it looks sharp. It's a nice die cut sticker. If you like those things and you'd like to get one, 
please consider donating to our Patreon account. It's over at www.patreon.com slash MLSFI. And it's just the way to help out the show, to help us get some money for, one, buying little items like this for everyone, but two, helping us basically keep the lights on because we do have some fees that we have to pay to keep the SoundCloud site going with a nice little archive of our show so people can listen. And our hope is that if we get a few more dollars per month that are pledged to us, we'll be able to even get an independent website for the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. So, uh, oh, and prizes. We're also trying to get prizes for the league. So those are some of the things we'd like to do. We don't keep the money. It's not sending us off to places like the Caribbean where Travis is. We wish we could be there, but we can't. We take that money, put it right back into the show so that we can help make it better for you guys. You fellas have any updates you want to give? Negative. That sounds good, man. Okay, well, enough of me talking. Now it's time to get to our questions for our round 14 picks, and I want to know what you guys have to say. So our first question here in the defenders and keepers section, just a throwaway because we needed a question here, but it comes from Mike that Tiger. Basically, Mike wants to know if we want to see um, <laughs> schedule. Is He's talking about the schedule here, not, not really the players. Um, so we've just come off of a, a big bye week. And he wants to know, how do we feel about that? Do we like the way the schedule is set up right now with all of the buys combined together? Uh, or like we had earlier in the season where we just combined a game week. And so we said there would, there would have been a lot of buys. So game week four merged with what would have actually have been, I guess, two rounds there. Uh, do we want to see like, a shorter fantasy season to eliminate buys or, or how do we feel about the, the way buys have been divided this year? Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, the buys really haven't been that bad this year. Unfortunately, game week 13, we had Voyagers cup euros, Copa America. So, you know, three different tournaments in, you know, three different countries or, or yeah, I guess you could say more than three different countries, but with a bunch of different uh, countries involved, um that's kind of difficult uh you know they don't really tailor the mls schedule to the fantasy perspective that's why there are a lot of buys but i actually think that this year the bye weeks are a lot better than they have been in the past i mean considering we have you know game week seven was bye weeks game week nine was bye weeks game week 13 is bye weeks game week 18 is bye weeks 22 25 27 and 32 I mean, you know, you have what six or seven bye weeks in a thirty-four game week season. That's that's pretty good. That's that's not too bad. So I think it's fine the way it is. Um, I would possibly like to see, you know, maybe just having one entire bye week. So like game week thirteen, everybody's off uh, instead of having a couple people play. Maybe that would be a way to reduce uh, the clutter in fantasy and in regular league play. MLS, the MLS above all else. The first thing they love, not starting on time. Second thing they love, not playing every team every week. So as long as they love those things more than they love you, get used to bye weeks and double game weeks. Pretty pretty straightforward. Uh, I don't like the idea of combining more weeks together just because we would quickly run into a situation of triple game weeks. And while that might sound awesome from a fantasy point of view, um, at least making your captain pre choice pretty it easy. It really isn't awesome because of its <laughs> rotation and. Uh, but but it it would it would be kind of screwy with that, and it, it made sense back in round four to combine this because there were so few games, and 
And you may notice sometimes we mention game round or game week. Always interchangeable because the actual game week for Major League Soccer is not matching up with the rounds in fantasy. So I try my best to say round when I can because that's that's really what it is. Um, overall, I'm I'm actually happy with the just spread of buys this round. I feel like last year we had many more game rounds that had a couple teams on a buy or three teams or four teams on a buy in addition to those weeks where we had huge chunks. And this year it seems much more condensed. We have more weeks where a lot of teams are on a buy, but fewer rounds that just have a handful of teams that just make it annoying to try to get your trades to go around all of that. So if I had to pick between a lot of weeks with a few buys versus a few weeks with a lot of buys, I, I'm more pleased with what's happened this year. Obviously, it would be nice, though, as you say, Guy, if, if we could just have hardly any double games and, and buys. But Hey, man. Uh, and, you know, Outlook calendar is a hard tool. <laughs> you know, not everybody can you know schedule things like that so we got to cut them some slack you know everybody else does it but mls they they're still you know working into playing every team every week it's just the way it is fair enough so we're going to get into our picks right now but one quick question before going on guys to, to get your thoughts on with so many teams still coming back from Copa America and this crazy bye week, some people may be resting. We've got open cup games going on. Is this going to be a round where defenders and keepers are going to get good scores? Man, if I had the answer to that, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> well, what are your thoughts? Would you, would you, if you've got the guys on your bench, would you consider going with a four or five man defensive back line this week? Never, still never, still I, never. Okay, I, yeah. I, and I asked this last week too, with with similar thoughts, but this time we've seen the results of Copa America. So, yeah, I still think you roll with the three man backfield. You still play your heavy hitters. Um, I do think that the fresh. I mean, you know, with with the Red Bulls being in such hot form, I mean, the buy may have not been at you know the most opportune time, but at the same time they're still in form. There's nothing that can deter me away from thinking that unless they crap the bed this week, which I doubt they will. Um, but, you know, I would still play your your heavy hitters and just still play your budget back line. All right. Well, let's just get right into our picks then. Guys, who are you going to have for your keeper and defenders this round? Yeah, so um, my keepers, if Blake is back, I think you roll with Blake. And I still really like Romando, so those two. And then for uh, defenders, if Steris is available, I still think you go Steris. Um, I like Glad, Rosenberry, and uh, Axel. Pretty much anybody that's cheap and on a home this week, I think, is a great option. And then anyone that's you're looking at for double game week and game week 15 and 16 that are budget options are good options for this week as well. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. I'm just looking at not even so much this week. I'm just looking at who plays twice next week. So out of L.A., Red Bulls, Philly, and Salt Lake. I mean, just kind of load up on those guys. There's some cheap options there. I already have Rowe or Harris. So, you know, don't don't go out of your way to get something you don't already have, but kind of gravitate toward the double game week guys. 
Fair enough. Guys, midfielders, always a fun position, I think. Big point generation. Do you guys expect there to be any rust uh, on on the midfielders with their offensive production and just maybe not be able to do very well just due to vacations and, and the bye weeks and, and all of that stuff? Or do you think this has given people time to get fresh legs and we could just see people come out firing? Uh, man, I don't know. I mean, logic tells you that they should be rusty. And you'll probably see a couple 1-0 games, maybe a 1-1. But there's going to be some team out there that goes off for like four goals this week. It, it happens every time. So just pick the best talent and hope for the best. I agree. I, I guess that's really what it comes down to is now is not the time to experiment around with those second string guys or those guys, the third, third options with midfield is just go with the proven guys. This, I think experience shows us that regardless if there's been a bye week or regardless if there's been Copa America going on or, or the open cup tournament, it's not like these guys do what we do and go home and pop up a bag of popcorn and grab themselves a beer and, chillax and watch netflix for the entire week what's what's going on they're still training they're they're not they're not much of slackers like we are but uh so they're not going to be just bush league when they come out of of the gate yeah but i don't yeah, know. I like that popcorn is good so so is netflix, so is netflix as, as well i i like like both of those things and i think popcorn and netflix need to sponsor our podcast so let's make it happen um but guys who are you picking for midfielders uh the stash which is Classic. the question uh valeri and Iguain are my three picks this week yeah i mean i'm really on the fence if i want to pick up uh gerard preemptively i mean whatever it was that got him out of the game yeah i think so that's been enough time i mean you gotta you gotta assume he didn't play that so he's had an extra long break um god damn it you know it makes you nervous but yeah i think the only thing i have to say about that is though if it really is a hamstring which i can't go 100% with since we've seen some of those strange reports as well. But if it really is a hamstring injury, I mean, that's not like a one, two week thing. Yeah, but we don't know if it was just precautionary, if he was just, you know, hey, I just want to make sure you're good and you are a little bit older. So, hey, you know what? Sit out this game. We'll be all right and come back in the double game week. Or, I mean, come back in the week after because you have another week to rest. We don't know. That's That's fair. Yeah, I mean, Clashing is my top pick for the week, and I mean, yeah, if not if not Gerard, then maybe get somebody like Legette, save a bit of money, and uh, get somebody you know is going to play. And then I think everybody's pretty much rounded out with the you know Valerio or Diaz and their team, so no reason to not keep those guys either. Yeah, so moving to forwards, the the big question is actually not in this section, but. It's about CJ Sapong. And so he did leave a little early last round. And I think all of us can agree that he did not perform like we had hoped he would uh, in several of these past rounds. So some people are considering ditching CJ Sapong. And he's currently worth just a bit over eight. So 8.2. Who do you guys view as an ideal replacement 
for CJ Sapong, which I'm going to classify still in the range of a budget forward. Okay, so first of all, don't don't sell him because he was subbed off, but it wasn't that hurt. He wasn't being productive. It was just one of those games. But the, the the two games before that were both away away games. So you got you figure you got a young guy. He had two bad away games. Wasn't really sharp in his in his home return. But the stats are there that he can score. You know, pretty regularly. So I wouldn't I wouldn't dump him this week. I mean, guy. Because at his price point, who are you going to get that's got a got a double game week coming up that's going to be better than that? Plata. I mean, <laughs> well, well, but yeah. I already got Plata. I mean, yeah, yes. but I mean, at, at that, I like, I like him. I think he's at least earned enough goodwill from his past performances to say he's worth riding out for one more double game week. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I have I have CJ and. Uh, they play at New York City FC, which allows, I mean, over the past, I think, was it four games? I think they've allowed, God, probably around 15 goals. Um, I feel like we should we should put that little caveat on that with that whole seven-goal fiasco. Well, well, I mean, I mean, if you look, if you look, though, obviously Toronto was 1-1, then New York was seven goals, Orlando two goals, RSL three goals. So... I mean, just in three games, you know, include obviously the New York game was 12 goals. Um, they have a leaky defense, and this is where Sapong could turn it around. But also, Sapong has a double home game in game week 15 against Chicago and Vancouver. So I think that you keep him. If you are to get rid of him, I do think you get, um, you know, Plata is 9.5. Um, I guess McGee could be another option at 7.3 with the double game week. Um, but I still think it, it would be smart to keep to keep him for this upcoming double game week and then afterwards then drop him for somebody else. Fair enough. And since you've got a start already, Jason, who are your picks for forward? Oh, well, my picks for forward are um, Plata, BWP, and Via. Um I do like Sapong, but this is just for this this week. I think that Plata is going to have a big week against Portland uh, in RSL's first home game in eight weeks or five weeks. I'm sorry, um, and then BWP and uh, David Villa. So I like them. I think they'll do well this week. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God damn it. I mean, I'm looking toward the double game week because I think. This week is just too much of a wild card. It's just there's too much you don't know. So yeah, I mean, you want to grab David Villa this week, only to not have him be on a double next week. I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking like we've already been talking about. This week could be ten different coin flips going down the line. So just kind of build for next week. I mean, I already have Dos Santos. I've got Sapong. You know, but Plata could be there or it could be BWP, either or. Um, hope for the best this week, but I would really plan for next week to start making up some ground again. That's my strategy. So both of you guys have mentioned BWP is and also a desire to look at this double game week and maybe hold off on some of the bigger guys. Several players I know have dropped Javinko going into some of these games uh, after Toronto's poorer performances and 
and uh, loss of their double game week. Would you go a BWP over Javinko in these situations and hold off on getting Javinko until after all these double game weeks are over? How do you factor him into this situation? Well, I I, I want to see him play ninety minutes first. Exactly. I mean, he, he yeah, he was hurt, injury, yeah. and yeah, well, yeah. he subbed um, on, he subbed on, and played I think thirty or thirty two minutes, um, and you know it's you know good for him, but I, he he, need, he needs to play ninety because the adductor strain, you know, it's pretty bad, and if he came on for thirty minutes, but his adductor is probably really tiny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nice. if we're anatomically speaking, um, he's a wee little person, so there's not that much tissue to have to heal. <laughs> As opposed that's, to you, the large man, man that you are, it would be. No, it would but just be I also see for these things. Yeah, I see these things on Reddit where people are like, "When does he become too expensive to own?" Never. Yeah, horse's ass. Here's the thing with here's the thing with the MLS pricing system that's so wonderful is that the pricing system is always based on merit. So when he gets a price rise, it's because he performed that much better than all the other forwards that week. So you can never not have a guy who's continually rising in pricing because he's always outperforming everybody else. So as soon as he comes back 90 minutes, he's your number one guy again. Doesn't matter who's on double game week. If he's healthy, he's got to be in your squad. But as far as his value goes, though, I think the consideration you make there is maybe you do wait because it might take you a couple of weeks to get that money freed up using your couple trades to get him back in. So so that could be the mm. the advice, I think, is unless I mean, you want to take the hit, then maybe you I do mean, take really a couple of weeks to build up to it. If, just the way these buys have kind of worked themselves out and everything we've gone up to this point – I mean, I don't know about other people, but I've got like 5.6 in the bank. And I think a lot of people are in kind of that same boat where there just wasn't that much good stuff to buy these last few weeks. So, but I mean, even I if you're going to, even if you're going to drop like a Valeri and a Gerard, that, sorry, not a Valeri, if you're going to drop a, a Via and a Gerard, that's going to free you up 20 something thousand. You're going to spend, what's he, what's Geo at now? Like 13? I don't know. I didn't have to look at this price because he's not in my team right now. But you're going to spend at least what twelve to bring I like him 12, in. Twelve seven, I think, is okay. what he was. I got so you're going to bring. You're going to bring about twelve. We'll do twelve five just to make twelve it seven. Yeah, he's twelve seven. So he's twelve seven. Bring that. You're going to bring him with that, and then you've got hardly anything left for your midfield. So depending on if you've cannibalized the player that you're starting, you're not going to be able to have a starter. How's that going to work? If if you're waiting for him to give you a full ninety to show you that he's ready to go, I think you can use that week to get your team freed with some cash to be able to have that liquidity well, yeah, to go that's, into that's the I'm next round. Do. Okay. Don't so, okay. So we agree. Played so we agree. Okay. First. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but once he's healthy, he's got to come back. I can, once he's I can fully back. healthy and he's played 90, he's got to come back. Yeah. And All I think, right. if, I think yes. we're not divorcing yes. on the show. No, so we're, we're good. We're good. We just approach it from a different way. Okay. So, Javinko's covered. Let's talk about uh, must-haves and captain picks for this round. I think the general consensus already has been there are no real must-haves for this round. This is kind of not really a throw-off match, but just one to use as planning for the double game week. So unless you disagree with that statement, who are you guys going to go with as a captain? David Villa, 100%. Uh, and my reasoning behind that is Philadelphia have kept three clean sheets all year. 
and all of their away games, they have at least they've they've let in one to three goals every single away game that they've played. And David Villa is obviously, you know, the supreme playmaker for New York City. So uh, I think that it's kind of a no-brainer. Mm, I don't know. I might I might go Kleshton or BWP. Um, Kleshton just because I double-dog Seattle to win two in a row. And, uh, is it, is it I don't think they can. <laughs> no, but, I have a hard okay, time... So yeah, if, I have a hard, hard time wondering if that is is your actual reasoned opinion or just the hate that comes from being in Portland. Well, I mean, there's all sorts of things going into it, but can it can it be both? Uh, can it it be could both? be both. It could be both. But I think okay, there's no must-have player. I think what you need to focus on instead is maybe say you must have four double game week players for next week oh, on like your it. roster this week. Yeah, don't don't sell yourself short and. Yes, Villa is a good, you know, he's a good value against a, a Philadelphia defense at home. Um, Colorado playing at home against Chicago, probably going to be some big defensive points there. Um, <clears throat> leave that aside. Make sure that you're still preparing for next week because hopefully the rest of the, uh, the MLS fantasy players are watching international games and we can make some 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 round <laughs> points. Here, so. It's easy, easy money. Yeah. Money, no yeah. I like the question pick too. That would be my secondary, but I, I just got a feeling about David Villa. I don't know. I get lots of feelings about David Villa, and they're usually more focused on rage. Oh, I thought you were going pick. somewhere completely left turn on that. I was like, well, this is I, a family show. What are you talking about? There's been a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people having some strong feelings about David Villa over the course of his career. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's spoken for, fellas. <laughs> All right. Well, we didn't have a lot of questions this round, so it wrapped up pretty quick. Is there anything else that you guys want to touch on as far as advice or player picks before we move on to our community time? If you are looking at the double game week 15 and 16, just remember to also look at game week 18 and look at the buys and just try to make, you know, try to set yourself up so that you're not having a lot of players on buys, but you're still maximizing the double game weeks. And then we have the wild card at the end of game week 18 into game week 19. So just try to prepare yourself for that. Very good point to make. Yes. I like it. Very good point. So now community time. The beginning of the month is always my favorite time of the season because it is very easy to find the top scorers for our league due to the poor options we have for things like this. So top scorer for this round goes to Lee Holrath. Uh, manager of the team, a wonderful life. And uh, he came away with 79 points, which was a really great score, just 10 points off of the overall top score. So congrats, man. Well done. Well done. And now moving on to the fun slash embarrassing part of the show, where we cover the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head -head league. So this week... Uh, I went up against Simon and I lost by seven points, which I'm blaming completely on Steven Gerrard and his old man hamstrings for not working. And for whatever the heck reason it was that uh, McNamara did not play, but uh, pretty close, better than some of the matches I've had in the past. Well done, Simon. I am always happy to lose to the number one overall player. So my hat's off to you. Ben went up against uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Kroler and 
It was bad. It was it was not pretty. It was not pretty at all. Ben Bear came away sixty three points. Andrew only got thirty two. So got smashed. I'm I'm sure he is happy he's not on the show tonight to talk about this. Uh, older Goaler, congrats on your win against my buddy Steve. You beat the Taco, the Bim in Taco, as we were talking about before the show. So so good job, man. Uh, and if you guys haven't already checked out over at r slash fantasy MLS, Older Goaler has uh, some 2016 MLS fantasy midseason MVP voting going on right now. So head over there as we make our own fantasy midseason MVP team, and we'll see how that changes by the end of the year. So fun times, fun times going on over there. Uh, Guy, next one's all you. Yeah, I lost 32 to 51. <laughs> but uh, I. I Got to kind of tip my hat toward the uh, Ivan uh, over at uh, what what uh, fantasy football first? Is that what they are? Correct. Okay, yeah, I totally just pulled that out of the memory bank. Um, their Twitter game is strong. They sent me some really creepy pictures of some old like I don't know Ivan the terrible looking dude saying that I didn't measure up. So um, now I'm gonna take this L and I'm gonna just say well done. And Jason? I beat Travis by 10 points, 52 to 42. It's because he didn't change his stupid name. And Travis, <laughs> stop stop going around the Caribbean. Go back, unpack your house, and start doing good on fantasy football. And change your damn name where it doesn't play anymore. Change it. Don't worry. Be happy. But I still love you, Travis. You're still my friend. And the final one, of course, is fantasy football twenty four seven went up against Mike Dat Tiger, and they won again, of course, because as they usual. win everything. Forty six to thirty four. So, congrats, guys! You are still number one. And the next round, as I already said on our previous show, congratulations on your win against my friend Steve. Um, though maybe I will try to encourage him to make some good trades this round. We shall see, or maybe I should get Simon to encourage him to make some good trades this round. Maybe that's the better strategy. Uh, next rounds, though, Guy is going up against Simon, so that'll be an, a nice little match. I, I expect to have trash talking at some point during this week, guys. Uh, Andrew is going up against Older Goler. I am taking on Travis, so that's the, the bottom of the barrel fighting it out. That's like the relegation battle right there, Simon or uh, Travis and I going at it. Uh, Mike is going up against Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football First, Fantasy Football 24-7, as I already said, my buddy Steve. And then Ben Bear is going up against Jason. Oh, big match, big match. Suck it, Ben. You're going down again, son. <laughs> so fun times. Uh, if you guys are having fun with the Head to Head League, I'd love to hear about it. I'd, I'd love to hear the ideas that you guys have been using this season to make your Head to Head Leagues more fun and interactive and and just share those with the community because I, I really feel like this is a great opportunity for the game to grow in this head-to-head -head area because even though I've had a horrible season, this host's head-to-head -head league has been fantastic just playing with my friends in this not overall format but just looking at it each week and so this i've got a big kick out of this head to head so i'd love to hear the experiences that any other listeners have as as well so please let me know and that is the end of our show uh, i'm so happy you guys could come back it's a little rusty i can already tell just uh from the little break that we did have but as soon as we get some more questions and get back in the swing of things i know we'll hear more from you guys and uh, and have it be more smooth as always but of course do you all have any plugs uh, not right now, no. No? Okay. Jason? Uh, no. Go USA. Thursday night. 
Of course, go USA. Uh, of course, the plugs that I always have, please check our Patreon website. As I mentioned earlier, also head on over to MLSFantasyBoss.com to see the articles that are going to be coming out uh, this week since we took a week off for Copa America. Jason's got an article. I've already got some charts up. Uh, Mike, that tiger, will have some of his articles an article there with injuries this week and, and lots more. So check those out. Guy writes an article over at fantasy football 24 seven. So check him out as well, as well as going to r slash fantasy MLS, the subreddit where you can find all kinds of tips and rate my team ideas. And this is a, a whole week where we can actually focus on our teams and not have to have a Wednesday game. So utilize some of these resources. They've been growing over the years and there's lots of great people to interact with as well. So unless there's anything else that you guys want to add, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our show. I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of Copa America and then get back into the swing of things with Fantasy MLS. So thank you and good luck. <laughs>